0: He was 25 years old. He combed his hair like James Dean. He was very fastidious. People who littered bothered him. She was 15. She took music lessons and could twirl a baton. I'm kid. I'm not keeping you from anything important, am I? No. She wasn't very popular at school. For a while, they lived together
1: in a treehouse. In 1959, they murdered a lot of people.
0: i had to keep all this a secret from my dad he would have had a fit since kit was 10 years older than me and came from the wrong side of the track so called i don't want you to hang around anymore i don't want to see you again understand then, sure enough, Dad found out I'd been running around behind his back. He was madder than I'd ever seen him. He made me take extra music lessons every day after school and wait there till he came to pick me up. He said that if the piano didn't keep me off the streets, maybe the clarinet would. My girl Holly and I decided to kill ourselves the same way I did her dad. Nobody's coming out of this thing happy, especially not us.
1: I can't deny it was that fun.
0: We hid out in the wilderness down by a river in a grove of cottonwoods. It'd be in the flood season. We built our house in the trees. We planned a huge network of tunnels under the forest floor. And our first order of business every morning was to decide on a new password. He gave me lectures on how a gun works, how to take it apart and put it back together again in case I had to carry on without him. He said that if the devil came at me, I could shoot him with a gun. Hey! Listen to your parents and teachers. They got a line on most things, so don't treat them like enemies. There's always an outside chance you can learn something. Try to keep an open
1: mind. Try to understand the viewpoints of others.
0: Think I got him? I don't know. Well, I'm not going down there and look.
1: Consider the minority opinion.
0: But try to get along with the majority of opinion once it's accepted. Of course, Holly and I have had fun, even if it has been rushed. So far, we're doing fine. Hadn't got a call. Excuse the grammar.
1: Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs>
2: Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. It happens every Saturday night. You can't avoid it. I can't avoid it. Love it, because it's, <laughs> we're out for world domination. We're taking over your internet radios. My name is Colin. I'm surrounded by the internet radio superstars. This is Brent. Travis. Is Gary. Welcome back again, Gary. Thank Welcome you. back. And tonight
3: we watched Brent's pick of... the. Uh, we watched Badlands. From the year... 1973. Directed by... Terrence Malick. Starring... Uh, Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. (laughs) Running time. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I got it. It is 94 minutes long. Uh, And in glorious color. In color with monaural, 1.85 to 1 aspect ratio. Because monaural, that's the sound, right? Yeah. Okay. Mono
1: <laughs>
4: sound.
2: Mono sound. But it comes to us from the Criterion collection. It was a very nice disc. Ooh, it was it very was,
1: expensive. Yeah.
3: Ooh. So no, it, was, it was free. It was free. For why? Me. Oh, come yeah, on. I got it free. I wouldn't. Uh, why did I pick this movie? Yeah. Why? Um, why? Well, Terrence Malick has always been... Uh, I don't know, since Thin Red Line, I've liked his work. He hasn't done a lot, but I think I've seen everything since then. So this was like the one that I was still like, I'd always heard of Badlands, but I'd never seen it. And then I saw a clip of it at one point and I noticed it had the voiceover and the same exact music. Well, not exact, but almost the same music from True Romance, which is another favorite Film of mine. So I, I started becoming more and more curious about it. And, you know, finally, I figured this was the venue to show it. <laughs> it's probably been, I don't know, it's been in the back of my mind showing it ever since we started the podcast. But now it just seemed like the right time for
2: well, now you whatever it, reason. It's been in the back of your mind to show it, but you hadn't actually seen it. Right. So this yeah. is like a blind buy.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was pulling a Tom. I was just going to get it and then show it. And we would all discover it and experience it together. It wasn't bad. Yeah. No, I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't well, seen it before.
1: Good. Yeah. I've always liked those 70s, kind of like, not necessarily true crime, but, you know, kind of true crime, just kind of normal,
3: whatever. I do have a confession to make. I I did Uh-oh. watch it before <laughs> before I came here tonight. Liar. Was I, that in preparation? You are doing a little, like... I just couldn't wait. Yeah, I mean at this disc this goddamn box is sitting on my shelf, and like I gotta watch this. I've got you know, I think it was like last Wednesday, maybe. Yeah, but yeah.
2: Well, give us an overview really quick what it's about, and I guess we can get into talking about the movie. What's the What is uh, Badlands about?
3: Badlands is about burning love on the Great Plains in 1959. It's. I would say it's not about that. Well, right. And we will definitely get in, get into that, but on the box that's what it says. Oh, you're using the uh it's uh
1: the promotional material. Yeah, the uh they're never going to say it's an right. okay movie. It's, <laughs> Tell your friends that you think would like it,
3: <laughs> It's it's about a unique individual a young man uh living and working in South Dakota. He's kind of a James Dean like type. Um he I would say almost kidnaps this young girl, um, says he's in love with her, and they go off on the road. He kills her father, and then they just start a crime spree. Pretty much anybody that would be a witness. Yeah. Anybody
1: like, we need to stay here. Sorry. (laughs) You know?
3: (laughs) Start shooting them.
1: But like she, like sissy spacek, I would almost say like I don't know. It doesn't necessarily feel like she just figures. Oh, you know, I'd either be like I don't. know, She's kind of a fucking sociopath or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, I think well, she it's like gets no to feeling. that point.
3: Yeah. Well, well, yeah.
4: Even with her father, yeah. I think too. You got to look at it. She's 15 years old in yeah. the movie, so she's way mentally underdeveloped. And then you got a guy who's 25, doesn't seem very much more mentally developed than she is. Very impulsive, very reckless. She falls in love. And you know, girls back then, when you fell in love with a guy, you just did whatever he wanted. You know, he was right, and you just followed
2: along. Yeah. I also like the way that, like, you know, when they first meet, he says, you know, something about let's go for a walk. I got, I got stuff to say. You know, a lot of people don't have, seem to have anything going on in their heads. But and then whenever you see him, he's just got this blank stare, like the entire <laughs> way through the movie. Like that's his, he's just staring. He's yeah. got those vacant, you know, kind of
3: eyes. Yeah. He, uh, that's not to say he's not charismatic, but that's another thing <laughs> well and yeah it's it's because like what Gary's saying, you know um about a girl at that because it takes place in fifty nine and a a young girl she's gonna listen to the male authority figure in her life, and the first thing that kit kit is martin Sheen's character yes. um the first thing that he does is kill her father, so he's the only you know male authority figure. That is in her life. Well, you
1: think she'd freak out a little bit more than just slapping him once?
3: Well, but Dad, so, let's face
4: it. Dad had a few quirks, you know. Dad, punishing yeah. the girl by taking her pet dog out in the field and shooting it because <laughs> well, it was she's running 50s. around with it. Yeah, no, she I was mean, lucky
1: he just didn't like rape her. Like, well, like, yeah, as that's punishment. True. I mean, I'll you, know? give you that. Yeah, you dirty whore. Now I'll,
4: you know. Well, and then, like, you know, he threw the dog off of the bridge in the bag like it was a mafia hit. You know, it just You know, so I think she grew up with a little bit of violence. Dad seemed a little unhinged, you know, himself, you know. So I I think that kind of may have desensitized her a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then when Kit come along, it just seemed like it was the normal thing to do.
2: Well, it even seemed like he kind of, you know, Kit, again, doesn't start off this movie as a serial killer. But, you know, you can tell that there's a hole in this guy somewhere. There's a void uh, he's a trash collector or something, a- kind of aimless. He gets fired from that. Then he yeah, he like, just
1: does what he wants. I mean, that's what you get from this guy, that he doesn't give a fuck about, like, rules or, like, what's expected out of society. Yeah, he's just, like, collecting trash. He's like, well, I'm done for the day. You know, yeah, <laughs> he just, like,
4: walks off, enough, you know. <laughs> no,
1: you're then, fired. Yeah, <laughs> you're fired. All right, well. Have you have heard the headlines. Yeah, I, I love them, the yeah.
3: way that guy Yeah, says that. Talk all over town. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Well, You're fired. fired. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sheen's takes his keys. He's like, well, "I guess I won't be needing these. I'll keep them in a safe place for you." And drafts them in like a bucket of paint or something, or oil. 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 Yeah, yeah. oil. Yeah.
2: But I mean, I don't want to give the impression to the listener that like you know uh, that this guy's like some hard edge criminal. He's like the most polite, charismatic guy. Exactly. you know. Even though he's you know distant, doesn't care about about the rules. He's a delinquent. Yeah. yeah. He's a yeah.
4: juvenile delinquent. Kind of guy you could sit around, have a beer with and a conversation. But yeah, that's there's that
1: underlying current in him as well, you yeah. know, that he's,
3: you don't
4: see until it's too late. Yeah.
1: But I think he is kind of like Charles Manson muttering to himself. I kind of do it, you know, because I mean, like he tells her, you're like, oh, listen to me, you know, I got shit to say or whatever. But by the end of it, you know, she quits listening to him because, yeah, he's just always rambling about some shit, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and he uh his psychosis is kind of identified early on uh, the the entire movie is narrated by Sissy Spacex character, so we know by the fact that she's narrating it that she survives at the end uh we know that this ends in the badlands you know and that yeah. the story's gonna come to an end, but she at one point is uh is explaining. That you know what because there's a there's a period here of courtship or whatever before the violence happens that uh, you know they actually do seem to be like you know teenagers in love kind of thing awkwardly but you know still I think that's one of the movie's strengths is it plays it kind of realistic and just kind of you know awkward but she uh, she says you know when Kit would lie in bed at night he would tell me that he would see, or he had, like, the sound of a a shell, an ocean shell pressed to a seashell pressed (laughs) to his ear, and then he would see visions of me in white robes coming to him, you know, and, and like, you know, I'm reading that, it's like, oh, okay, so that's him, you know, hallucinating, you know? (laughs) What if he's
1: just BSing her? What if he's telling her some romantic shit? You know what I mean? I mean...
2: But, it's not far well, beyond this but, character. It, that's true, but I guess in the context of the movie, and that's why I wonder if like that was how I, as the audience, was supposed to read it. It's like okay, that's showing that that's foreshadowing that this guy's you know kind of loopy. Well, yeah. the, the one thing
4: that threw me was how she said how, her cold hand against his head. So to me, I took that as maybe she was an apparition of death to him. I maybe mean, you know, that's kind of how I read that. Yeah. But. That could be
3: too,
1: that's why I just take him as a manson character. He's just sitting there like muttering whatever thoughts like run through like oh man, you know the birds uh, you know yeah
3: <laughs> well <laughs> oh, and, well, the idea of like uh romance in this film it's vacant there is no romance in a film that you know on the box says burning love it's not it's it's not romantic in the sense of these or it's not passionate, I guess there's a romance to the idea. I think that's what it is. It's the romance of the
1: living beyond the law living. Right. Like, you know, well, it's a re- it's a rebellious type of love sort of deal thing where yeah. she's with the hot guy. Because she says, she's like, oh, this guy could get any girl if he just gave it, a, you know, some time, you know. So yeah. she's kind of just thrilled to be with the dude, you know, because she's timid or whatever, piano player or whatever. mm
2: hmm and that. she's showing, he's showing her like you know attention. I guess is like right. a magnetic draw. And he's like
1: twenty five. Uh, another thing in this well, movie, she's fifteen. He's twenty five. So there's another like yeah. Well, and he hits her with the special. You
4: know, I, I I like you not just to have sex. That's not why I even like you. So you know, he makes her feel special and. Right. And she follows along. But I, I think it shows uh, with the romance part, at least it does seem to blossom very quickly, has that intense spark for a little bit, but then you can quickly see it dying out. Yeah. Too. Real quick. You know, like yeah. you said, she's getting annoyed with him. She's kind of sick of him. Even even the first time they have sex after they're done, she's like, well, that was it. And well, I don't see what everybody's <laughs> talking So, about yeah, it just was very, you know, matter of fact, like, oh, well, glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. So, Yeah the romance i i guess that's a little overplayed
2: because yeah, it's almost like you almost don't get the idea that this is a sexual like relationship I, I mean aside from that scene which we don't see we see the you know moments following but then after that it's like <clears throat> it just it doesn't feel like it's a you know a hot passionate sexual relationship it's like they love each other you know but it's kind of like it's almost just that kind of codependency or whatever that, you know, we exist in this space and we're the only two people here, you know, uh, which yeah. I suppose like that goes into what you're saying. That's the romance of the idea. We're the last two people on earth. It's us against the
3: world. It's you know? the Bonnie and Clyde type yeah. of right. romance. Yeah. Well,
4: and another thing I took, like after they had ki- after Kit had killed her father and they burned down the house. And of course, they're only going to find one set of bones. So they know they're still alive. So he's not exactly a genius criminal. Yeah. But when they went and they built their it, it was the fifties. They went to be right. <laughs> 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 they went and they built their little tree house, honestly. And as she's narrating and they're showing some of the visuals on that, you know, some of the pictures of the, of nature and some of the tight shots, it almost reminded me of more like Pony Boy and Johnny in the mm-hmm. outsiders mm-hmm. when they ran away oh, yeah. to the church. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of yeah. what it reminded me of. Yeah. yeah. So that, that yep. you know, and that has that same kind of a feel to it, that era. But. Yeah.
3: And I was going to say that reminded me of Neverland, you know, or like the uh, the Lost Boys. Because they're just out there existing in this world that they created, but there's not like any sort. I'll of... go with Swiss Family Robinson. It there reminded
1: me, <laughs> Call of it. Swiss Family Robinson, another famous treehouse uh, story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and
3: yeah. just real quick, uh, we've been talking a lot about Wes Anderson lately. That whole campsite scene reminded me exactly of Moonrise Kingdom. Like mm. that had to have been this movie had to have been an influence on that for sure. Huh. I'm thinking. I don't know. Did you see that? Mm. No. Okay. No,
2: it's good. Well I mean and uh maybe this is diverting the topic from the movie for a moment to talk about like the director but and I noticed that like as much as uh, Travis brings up Superman I think I bring up Quentin Tarantino because like I see Quentin Tarantino in this movie as in like Tarantino saw this fucking movie and he went and wrote Natural Born Killers and he used the music in this (laughs) for true True romance romance. and at the end there's like this car chase where which I thought was like expertly done I mean it's like
0: it's in this drama
2: and then all of a sudden there's a chase and it's not like an over Blown Hollywood kind of thing. It's exciting because it like oh, yeah. just suddenly where it comes from. It's like suddenly there's the cops and like it's he's all it get away. the dust kicked up Oh yeah, it's as soon like, as I really watching, well. I was like this is
1: why Mad Max wails. <laughs> cars <laughs> in dirt kicking up dust slamming into each other. <laughs> well, and the, the, the actual
4: sounds, not the overproduced sounds of a lot of the new right. car chases, not the squealing tires. It's just you can hear the engines revving and like you said, the dirt kicking up. It just really makes you feel like you're watching a real car chase. Yeah, that yeah.
1: yeah. was that was a fun scene. That's probably the I thought the funnest part of this movie was that scene
2: yeah I mean as far as like like a visceral reaction I mean the rest of it is like and you know knowing other Malik movies have you seen Days of Heaven I have not I, uh, I don't think I've really seen either.
1: any of his movies I swear Thin, Thin, red, scene, line. Thin red Line I've never seen that New World Tree of Life seen and that
2: uh, yeah. what was it he had something else recently didn't he so he's got four movies well, that's what's like, weird yeah. about this guy. He like Badlands and Days of Heaven. I want to say like either got Academy Award nominations or won maybe something for actor. Actor, I don't know.
3: But uh, checking the box, he,
2: he, he kind of shot to some level of like you know artistic integrity, and then like went silent for like a number of years. And this is one of these guys. He would like,
1: join the Illuminati, like
2: Kubrick. Like you could not <laughs> pick him out of a crowd. Because I think there's one photo of him that they show. And, like, because I I was a fan of The New World. I bought that when I was watching it. And all the documentary stuff, it's, like, they don't show the director. He's camera shy or something. He's, like, a super shy guy, I guess. So there's this one photo of him in, like, a cowboy hat that, like, that's the only picture of Terrence Malick that I've ever seen in my life, you know? Like, if you ever go looking for him. But I'm looking at, like, an evolution of style here. Because, like, when I look at uh, the first movie of his that I saw was The Thin Red Line. And at the time, I didn't really appreciate it, and I haven't really gone back to it since because I had, like, a negative experience with it. But what I got out of it that he was doing really well was all of these, like, uh, the way that he would compare, uh like, war and nature, or nature's indifference.
1: And he does that with this, right? Yeah. 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 But
2: not as much. I mean, that's where I'm, like, seeing I this. thought he totally
1: that. Well, I'm, yeah? I can't say not as much because I haven't seen a lot, but... I just noticed that. That's why uh, we were outside talking. I, you know, I called this an art house movie, even though I don't necessarily mean it's independent and would only be shown in an art theater, blah, 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 blah. But just the idea that there's a lot of like, like nature, like macro photography of like just still images, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with some weird like choir music going on.
2: Yeah. You should see the tree of like, well, you may not like it. I don't know because it takes, it's (laughs) like he took, I was actually surprised now going back, you know, because I've seen, like, his recent stuff, and he has a style. Like, Terrence Malick has now a Terrence Malick style. Big time. That he developed. And so you go back and look at this, because I think, is this his first movie? I believe so, yeah. This is more like a narrative, you know, it has a stronger narrative structure, I think, than anything that he does now. I mean, you look at The Thin Red Line, or The New World, or The Tree of Life, and they're like they kind of. They just kind of take their time and go off on all these like detours and tangents. And you know, yeah. uh, I remember watching The Tree of Life. It was like it's an interesting experience more than it is a, a good movie. It's an emotional experience. It's a powerful experience. But it's kind of like your mind wanders during the movie because there's nothing happening. It's just like you know these kind of pastoral shots of swing sets and tree. I mean, like, yeah. you know, when we saw the the Man of Steel trailer for the first time, it was like, it's like Terrence Malick directed, you know, made a the steal these shots of, you know, cornfields and, you know, laundry in the, in the wind. And, uh, uh I forgot where I was going with that. I
3: totally well, it's, lost it. It's like, uh, uh, who's the artist? The, uh, American artist did all the papers, the covers. Oh, yeah. Remember no, I mean, Rockwell. No, yeah. Rockwell? Thank you. It's like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like Rockwell meets Salvador Dali. I mean, it's, it's almost like this, it's this, you know, it's a totally like a visceral like a neurological experience watching one of his films. Like he almost like, I don't know if you're identifying with the pictures or the images or if you're going inside his brain or he's trying to get inside your brain. Mm-hmm. But like there is the narrative is out the window yeah, for the most part. I mean, I think progressively because this, like you said, is the most narrative, but like thin red line there is still there. You know, I mean, I think they're taking that hill for goddamn half the yeah. film, right? And then, it
2: has a lack of, of a clear a lack of plot.
3: There's yeah. Where
2: other movies are more concerned with plot. Of, is, what is it character? Is he, I don't know. It's like it's kind of elliptical in the way that he deals with stuff. It's like he does something and then, you know, comes back to it a little while later, then it comes back to it a little while later, and in the meantime he's doing all these other things like more of
4: a circular storytelling. It just keeps going around, or?
2: Well, as far as I mean, like, themes and stuff, or character building, where you just see, like, a little bit of the character here, then, you know, we don't develop that any further. We go off and do something else, and then we'll come back to, like, doing something about the character, and then you go off and do something else, and then come back again, you know? Yeah. And you're as I was saying with Tree of Life, not so much with this one, but with Tree of Life, you know, in the new world, your mind wanders, you know, while you're watching it. And I began to wonder, is like, is that on purpose? Is he trying to make like movies some kind of interactive uh, thing where like you your thought process figures into the experience of watching the movie because right. you have so much time to just <clears throat> behold the images and you know be transported to whatever you know you're looking at or whatever you know memories from your own past that you know yeah. your feelings toward that picture that come to mind like that becomes part of the experience of watching the Terrence Malick movie. Question:
1: Did that help? The mo- okay, because like watching this, you know, the shots of like, I mean, it didn't necessarily like.
3: I think this is still so early on; he hasn't quite mastered that. I, I think it definitely came
4: through on Thin Red Line because, yeah. to me, it. it kind Of showed how even in the middle of war, there's still beauty, it, and it's still you know, there's other things affected besides just the men on the battlefield, Yeah, so, yeah that's and yeah. that's what I got from that. So, yeah, I remember yeah I think really, it really definitely got better by then.
2: There was an awesome scene in there, which in Thin Red Line, or yeah, in Thin Red Line, that started off with like you know, uh, leaves on a tree, then another leaf, and then here's a caterpillar, and then like all of a sudden, a raindrop would hit one, and you know, and then you see the caterpillar like flopping around on the on the leaf, and then, like, another drop, and then you see, like, the grass, and another drop, and then all of a sudden the rain starts, and then after that, like, it cuts right to, like, shelling, Uh artillery shelling, and all these guys running around, it was like, wow, that's actually kind of,
3: (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah, and I always took it as, like, showing nature is going to exist, like. You know, man is, like, the the animals are just doing every, the same thing they do every day. Mm-hmm. Man is coming in. They're going to have these battles. They're going to come and go. Nature is still going to exist. Like, yeah. they're not really changing it's anything. It's, like,
2: indifferent to man. Yeah. Nature right. continues to just grow and do its own stuff. Right. And all these people think their stuff is so important. <laughs> and it's like, you know, maybe that's. You know. That's
1: what I felt about Badlands. Yeah? Yeah. These characters then? were indifferent. Yeah. Oh, even character. since he's basic it. because mm-hmm. she's just like you killed my father killed him <laughs> all right i'll get in the car you know what yeah. i mean just well, like she did, yeah
4: she did say how do you think he's doing well
1: yeah how, dead. Like- that's how he's doing <laughs> he's- yeah it's really funny like uh i don't it'd be like if i shot one of you right now sat down and be like should we get that looked at <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> no i don't think we gotta bother even, just go check yourself. Yeah,
3: even when the dad <laughs> comes home and he's like, what are you doing in my house? Like, that's about as emotional as yeah. anyone in this film. It's like when the guy gets shot out in the field, his buddy, he stumbles back to his bed and just kind of sits there laying Looking on his bed. Yeah, and, yeah, just writing, waiting to die like he expected it. Well, and I love how she said, well, he said we should never talk about it because it'd bring us bad luck.
4: Well, yeah, murdering people usually does bring you bad luck. It, yeah. You wind up in the electric chair. That's pretty bad luck. So, yeah. <laughs> that, that no, it's, well, it, but the thing is, like you said, with the murders and the way way she reacted, especially, very calm. But I wonder if they played it that way on purpose. Like, she was kind of mentally not there, mm-hmm. you know, because of her age, I think, is what they were saying. Well, she but. Yeah.
2: says that at one point, that, like, you know, all this has been going on, and, you know, I didn't feel this way or that way. I just kind of felt blah. So, you know, is that speaking to, like, uh, you know, disaffected youth or something like that? I mean, I think her age clearly, you know, has something to do with it. Uh, You know, her isolation as a person, you know, in her family life or community life, you know, up until then. But I think also, I think... You know, you would expect someone to react to some of these things. And I think so they're so showing you. She has to be associated. Yeah, She has to be a little fucked
4: up. Well, <clears> she <throat> did say after her mom died that her dad never adjusted to the little stranger in his house, mm-hmm. meaning her. So she probably didn't have a whole lot of emotional attachment to dad. Yeah. Although then later on it did show they were kind of playful, you know, when they was yeah. painting the sign and stuff.
3: But right. still, I don't think there's a whole lot
4: of attachment.
3: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, he killed her dog. For God's sake, yeah, nothing, <laughs> Not <that laughs> nothing scared. Nothing scared in a girl with daddy <laughs> so issues.
2: I just wonder if yeah. in the fifties, if that was if a that big, was, you know, because I, I mean, we're, we're talking was. like a rural
3: community too, where you probably shot dogs all the time. That's what for you sure.
1: did. You're like yeah. shoot those dogs.
3: Fucking yeah. running around barking all that. Well, yeah. I mean, shoot the, them. <laughs> the first thing you see in the film, I think, is or one of the first things shot is dogs. the dead dog. And he's oh, like, true, yeah. give you yeah. a dollar to eat that collie. Collie, yeah. You know? huh. I don't like, that's collie. I don't care what it is. I ain't <laughs> eating it for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's the sixties, man. Dead the sixties. Yeah. Later
3: man. But I think that that Martin Sheen character Kit is wise beyond his years, and where that comes from, I don't know, is ever really explained. I don't think he is wise beyond, well, beyond his years. I don't. Everything he's talking about, like whenever, but he but his actions.
1: To, that's what I'm saying. It's like his actions are not not thought out whatsoever. So how fucking smart really is he? Well, he's, I mean, yeah, he can sit there and extrapolate about, you know. I can't even remember what he was talking about in the movie. He's just talking about, well, we're almost caught now. We had to shoot him. I'm sorry about that, but you know, like I just don't recall anything really like insightful. He said,
2: "I th- yeah." Well, kids, listen to your parents because parents it teaches, right? cuz they're not always because he yeah, and I love the technology in this in this movie there's a <laughs> the Vitaphone. Yeah, what was that what it was called the
0: Vitaphone. Uh, it uh, looks like he a,
2: made the little 45 Yeah, yeah. it looks yeah. like a phone booth. So this must have existed and this is a technology that I was unaware of. It was of only 50 cents. 50 yeah, cents. 50 cents to go into a phone booth. With this machine that, you know, it records, you can record a message Fucking on down wax. <laughs> a Wax record, and the little light is, like, ticking
3: down, like, this is how much time you have. I'm like, that's that, fantastic. That's so cool, because, like, 30 seconds left, 15, 10, you know, like, yeah. these little lights blink on and off. It was so cool. Man. Well, I had
4: heard of the Dictaphone before, but, yeah. yeah, I had never seen the, the other technology.
3: Yeah,
2: that was, right. I mean, I knew that you could do stuff Plus, like that in record stores and stuff. I didn't know there was a... You know, like a portable one in, like, a, a, well, an airport, but a bus station. It's, yeah. Well, I wish it had so,
1: shown, like, somebody get one of these messages, right? Because I like that idea that each place you stop, you're leaving, like, you're leaving a little piece of the puzzle, like, where you're at, right?
3: That's Yeah, that's like the I, romance behind it. He's he he's in love with the idea of being on the run from the cops and leaving them these clues. It's, it's a game in his head.
2: He's leaving them he's, a souvenir. He's also a souvenir collector. When yeah. they have sex, he takes a
3: rock. He builds oh, yeah. a rock, you know, at his last stand or whatever. And he Takes the hat. It, rocks it. You know what's interesting is mementos. Each stop that they make is like a class, like a societal class like progression. So they start out in the woods, right? In the yeah, Neverland yeah. forest, they're basically homeless, living off the land or cavemen. And then they go up to, like, I would say it's lower class. Yeah, yeah. A little shack. Out in the farm. And then
1: do they go right to the rich guy's house yeah, next? They kid, and, yeah. yeah, there's uh, like two folks, which I can only imagine were like, because he said he, he, what was that guy's name? Cato or I forget. Yep. Yeah, something yeah. like that. He said something about watching the place for some folks. And then two people show up there asking for Cato. I was like, I can only imagine those are the
3: people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, they just steal, a, steal their car, put them in the s- cellar or whatever. And then yeah, they go right to the rich person's house,
3: and we never know what happened to those two guys, two that couple.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that was kind of cool. I kind of like that scene where yeah, he's like, "We're not going to hurt you. Just you know, don't come out for an hour." Then as he shuts it, he like shoots twice through the little whatever. And he's like, "You think I got him? I'm not going to check." I yeah. thought that was kind of like yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, that's what's suspenseful interesting a little about, bit. You
2: know, yeah. because your 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 point of view is ingrained so much with the characters. Only when sissy SpaceX telling you what the outside world thinks of their spree, which you're assuming she's getting through like newspapers or something like that, you're so in with them that you just see them committing these these, and you don't find out what the fallout of it is. You, you know, I think yeah. they we're either used to kind of getting that almost instantaneous. There's always you know, a cop
1: character investigating. The next scene, right? Yeah. Oh, like, well, we
2: get they killed them, you know? These two crazy <laughs> yes. bastards.
4: And you had that Boston detective that showed you he was a master detective by pointing at the bench or whatever. Oh, that's
1: so yeah. great! That's where yeah. they sit.
3: Yeah, I, I love that footage because it's like actual probably sixteen millimeter footage or something. But it's like a newsreel or something. Yeah, but in, in seventy three, I'm sure that's what it looked like. But mm-hmm. today, we try so hard to recreate shots like that. You know, like that old looking footage. Well, oh, they yeah. definitely
4: did it with the new Texas chainsaws when they yeah, trying to yeah, show yeah. the found or the footage when they're going through the house. They try to yeah. do that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But
4: it's
2: like always overproduced. You look at this; They're it's so simple. You know, it still looks old to me now. You know, like that was what they were going for. It's yeah. like here's the the black and white kind of mildly
3: scratched film of the newsreel footage, right? Yeah. But what were you saying about the class? Uh, you know. The, just I I don't know I mean it's commenting on something it's you know it's You're the like societal class <laughs> societal like class you class. said
1: he's commenting on it you got to tell me what it uh, is sir
3: well okay let's <laughs> let's figure it out because if you, you want to say <laughs> <laughs> when they're out in the woods that let's say that's lower class let's say when they go to the ranch that's middle class and then the you know that rich guy's house is obviously upper class um, that's also the human journey isn't it you go from like the jungle to like the height <laughs> right? the house. Like through evolution or through uh, yeah,
2: societal evolution I suppose. Yeah, or, yeah.
3: I suppose so. But he also seemed did he get less violent as he went through? No way. It seemed like it that kind of
2: shot well he shot less people toward the end of the movie than he did. But
1: he didn't need to shoot those two people in the cellar, and he did anyway. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't aim at them. He didn't, like, execute them, but he still fucking wanted to kill them. You know, that's why, like, to me, this is almost like a realistic version of Rebel Without a Cause. It's that you get into a situation that expands, 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 and there's nowhere to go but down, right? Mm -hmm. There's just nowhere to... I mean, they're just going to run forever until get caught well yeah and he he says that a couple times. well yeah ago. that's yeah. why i thought it was so weird about this movie when he does just give himself up at the you know at the yeah, end I of that car shoot it out or yeah something. i thought that was so weird and you know i kind of like that about the character he's like well well i like how earlier when they're in the woods and the bounty hunters come after him it's like he doesn't mind killing them because you know they're they're not like doing a job or you know whatever they're just looking to Kidnap them, you know, but isn't that turn kinda, them in for money?
3: Don't you think he's just telling that to sissy spacek just, you know, just to like. That's his, you know, scapegoat. Oh,
1: they were no. You know, see, that, I think that's the true. That's a truism because you think I mean, he
2: believes it. You mean?
1: Yeah, because yeah. at the end he, he does. He, he gives himself. himself. Uh, I mean, yeah. he shoots that cop to get away. But once he knows he's caught, he's like, all right, I give up. You know, you guys did a good race. You know, we had a. Can <laughs> you, you know, say yeah.
2: something specific about where was, it? It was like when you're when you're oh, what was it when you were playing for keeps? You know, it's uh, it's okay to what it? It's, it's like, okay, okay to shoot, okay to shoot any witnesses. witnesses. No, shoot any witnesses, but you have to be prepared to take right. the consequences. Yeah, you gotta you accept So that's it. like you know.
4: But he also said when he shot the bounty hunters, he told Sissy Spacek. But if it was, it would be different if it was a police officers. He had a job to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, but he was that doing didn't seem to matter when he Captain to America make money shield on the and ran at the cop blazing with a gun. <laughs> That's true. So. Right? I don't know where he came up with that idea, but that wasn't going to stop
2: a bullet.
3: Well, that was uh, an interesting oh, – go ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to say real quick that uh, I think at that, by that point – and maybe – I don't think he had a plan. I agree with Travis. He didn't know what he was doing. But towards the end, I think he accepted the fact that he was going to get caught because he's talking about, you know, like, oh, today's the day you know i thought or i thought it was going to be today and then him going out in a blaze of glory or you know seeing it to the end to the electric chair one way or another that was like his finishing his story and he was romance he was in love with that mm-hmm. because he knew it was going to get to that point at some point that's i think why he gives up after the car chase you know it's like i got to get a car chase in there cuz that's going to make a great story but at the same time He's ready to do the rest of it, you know, because he's like, there was something that he was saying, like, I wonder if I'm going to be able to hear Well oh, the, the
2: eulogy at my funeral. Yeah, uh, yeah. like he we, didn't want to yeah. die. Was, the next, he's
1: kind of an egotist. Side. Yeah, I mean, he got off when people said he looks like James Dean. Oh, I mean, yeah, he absolutely. wanted. To, that's why I was like, this is like a rebel without a cause, like a more realistic. Because yeah, he just wants to. It's like this is your ideal. Or at least maybe he had an idea of what being this like rebel juvenile delinquent on the run is, you know, but then living with Sissy Spacek and just figuring out they got to live in dirt. They got to live like animals. You know, I like that part, Sissy Spacek, where she's just like, I want to take a bath. You know, I just want to eat something that's, you know. Yeah. Well, you got
4: to think, too, a kid that age
1: in that era, he grew up watching
4: movies about Dillinger and all the old gangster movies. So that's what they kind of. Yeah, he's the
1: Scarface lover of uh, his day. Yeah.
2: When we were talking about, you know, the love story, and I'm going back, I guess, a little bit, but when we were talking about the love story between them, did you guys find it odd that, like, in her uh, narration, at one point where she's like with this guy she's talking about like you know one day I wonder what the man I'm going to marry is going to look like yeah. is he thinking about me right now You Even know I don't he, know it
1: see I didn't think that was odd because he says about her like if she you know when, when he's talking about that it's like if she just wants to take off she'll just take off whatever you know because it is kind of that this is like that fucking Bob Seger night moves you know it's like these two are just fucking and like raising hell just because they're young and they're free other than that they're really not like that's like, this is not about law. It's about freedom. It's what it's about. Well,
3: and when... <laughs> it's freedom!
2: When that might actually be like really close on point to what this movie is about. Maybe you think? I don't know. Because, I mean, that's basically the thing. He does go to her father... You know, her father's like, "Don't see this boy anymore." You know, so this is like all love stories do. Don't you know? He goes to the father, and the father says, "Stay away from my daughter. I want you to. You know, I don't want to see you again." Which to which I say, like, when the hell has that ever worked? Ever fathers out there? Unfortunately, <laughs> it's the rule of uh, the law of the land or whatever. But uh, you know, so he did everything. Like you know, he's he's a very polite uh, psychopath. You know, where he yeah. is. Keenly aware of like you know, he's like the rich guy who he doesn't kill when he when they're in that house, he gives him a receipt of the stuff well, that he he's, stole from So he
4: can make an insurance claim is what I took that as yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean it's just yeah.
3: like what the yeah. I mean he's very cordial and eventually that like plays into, you know, toward the end like But as you know, they're leaving the house he's like, you know, the cops are gonna be able to match up that handwriting of that what I left that guy. So he's he's he just, just like, does like have getting some his idea of, kicks of it of the it. criminal yeah. procedure
4: too, I think a little bit because you see him wiping for handprints and things like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Which he just Better better at yeah, get the impression
2: that he's in you know because I mean like when you brought up night moves I get the you know that to me conjures an idea of like people who are it conjures to mind Mickey and Mallory Mm -hmm. to be honest with you you know like they're in love with what they're doing and want to kill people and like yeah like we're just you know setting the world on fire where these guys I didn't get the impression that they were uh, in love with you know. Killing people. He was just easy at it. You know, like, well, you offend me or you stand in my way. I yeah. asked your dad, you know, for your hand or whatever, you know, let her, you see me. And he said no. So I shot him because I want this freedom. I want freedom to be able to live my life without any kind of rules and constraints. And so we're just going to go and drive around in a car. So, like, that's what I want. These people stand in the way. Well, I know how society is. You got to put them down. Because otherwise they're going to keep us, you know, apart. We're well, not going to be able to live.
1: And like that. I like what he said in uh, his, uh, I think when he was talking in the dictaphone, where he talks about how how his dad told him how you got to like live life the way you want to, but you got to see how the rest of the world lives and kind of match up to that. You know, so he's kind of a chameleon type character who just he sees. Oh, you're a religious dude. Yeah, religion's cool. You know, he just that way you're not seen as. You know, someone that's, you know...
3: Yeah. Whatever. What was, it's like says, like, go with the... Ma- or question the mass opinion. Or something like that. Or, but if no, it once, seems reasonable... Yeah, it was, know, was like, once go. it's
2: something... If it's agreed upon, go try to go with, you know, what's agreed upon. Yeah. But I thought that was, like, him just giving, like... I thought that was, like, a
1: Dexter thing. Kind of like, just go with it. You know, this is your...
2: See, I didn't get that as... I guess I didn't read it that way. That he was, like, you know, like... You know, because Dexter's always, like, talking to us, the audience, like, this is what I do to, you know, be a chameleon and and live within society. I I got the impression that this guy actually believed everything that he was saying. Again, like, you know, he was totally, like, this polite guy, like, you know what, kids, if you're listening to this, you know, don't give your teachers and your parents so much slack, you know, because eventually, you know, against their will they may give you good ideas so this is like advice it's that a so cautionary give. tale They're They're it's a public a, service announcement from a uh,
4: you yeah. know a spree he's killer so, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: what's his name Doug Jones or Jones damn it. Jim Jones Jim. yeah Jim Jones he's telling you the, the, another like 60's 70s thing the uh the cult leader guy that can just talk all the kids into killing
2: for him. and now there's a movie called The Sacrament I think which is based on that kind of loosely based on it
4: well you had touched on about how what he had said about his father Sissy Spacek at that one point when she's looking at her father's pictures says almost the same thing you know I realize I'm only here for so much time and it sent a shiver down my spine and that's what I think it is they fall in love with life and rebelling and getting what you want yeah, because you never like know when it's want. all over yeah so right. I think just, it's the American outlaw thing
3: yeah you know I love that line when she and, when they're leaving the rich guy's house. And he's like, and this rich guy thought that money was going to solve all his problems, and it didn't, you know, because we showed up, we mixed things up, and you know, basically took over their house for, right. <laughs> for a couple well, hours. But. Well, and
4: when they were leaving too, and he like grabbed sissy spacex ass. And she's he's like, anybody ever do that to you before? And she's like, no. one. it's almost like he was trying to find reasons. I thought for a while he was going to try and get rid of her because he felt like it was dying out. Because uh, yeah. that scene, I, I think it was when they were out in the uh, looking at the mountains yeah and uh and they're in the back seat kissing. That was the most awkward kissing scene I have ever seen in the movie. Neither one of them looked like they really wanted to be kissing yeah. the other one. It just it didn't feel. and you definitely felt that the romance was dead at that point that that it was, definitely that was the for her yeah.
1: that's what she was just saying how like, you know, oh, well, could I get away or would I get? you know so I mean, she was definitely contemplating at that point, like, how the hell am I gonna get out of this situation? you know with but this she's guy she's
2: not just i mean but again to characterize this you know for I guess people who haven't seen it it doesn't come across like she's fighting against it at every she's well but there's
1: nowhere to passionate. run though i mean she's in the yeah. middle of nowhere with this one dude who Probably does all the hunting. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, is a survivalist. Yeah. yeah. So dependency. I think it's a dependency. I, it's a dependency. Him, yeah. I mean, that, I think that's the only reason she went with him. She's like, my dad's dead. It's either spend my life she alone. Says that. Yeah. yeah. When they or leave the school, at least hang out with this hot dude yeah. for a while, or be alone and miserable. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's all dependency. You know, she tells. there's the, actually a weak woman character.
2: The, uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the, the rich guy she told, like, you know, it's like... That she actually thought that uh, yeah. Kit was crazy. Off his beam. Yeah. yeah. yeah I yeah. hope it never yeah. happens
1: to me. Yeah, I think yeah. that ship sailed. Like, so, but, mean, that, yeah, I think he's crazy. <laughs> so, like, it's the whole, like, I don't know, it's the no honor amongst thieves. You know, I like that idea that even though they're thickest thieves, you know, they actually talk against each other. You know, they don't necessarily know each other's motives, or... Doesn't she even say that uh, in the movie about how, or does... Or does uh, Martin Sheen say that about how uh, you never really know somebody? Oh, she was talk- She was talking about how she didn't think he would be such a violent person, but then how easily she saw how trigger-happy he
3: was. It goes to show you can never really know somebody. Mm, yeah. And that's around the time, because that's when they're at the ranch, and then they go to the house. Yeah, after next. they so it's the Woods Ranch House mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm referring to.
1: It. <laughs> the, the players, I'm going to make ass. a stance yeah. and say there is no significance
3: to the uh, order of where they're staying. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my stance, though. Yeah, my I'm just going to be, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair <laughs> enough. But that, like it, her socio, sociopathological ways. Pathic. I don't know. sociopathic ways mm-hmm. um they, they 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 get stronger and stronger to the point where like you guys are talking about when they're in the house and she's like you know I hope my I never lose my noodle or whatever yeah bean my bean yeah but she's strolling around the house and like Gary you were saying it's the ship has sailed by that point she is as far gone as he is you know not as violent but like she doesn't give a shit. She's just shit. comfortable with it. I like yeah, it. She's yeah. like, I like your house.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: She's talking to him like a normal person when he's like sitting there with the maid. Like, don't shoot him.
2: Well, she's hanging out with the one. Okay, so the, the, the people who show up at Kato's house, this guy and this girl. yeah, yeah, yeah. She walks the girl, because Kit's like, you better come with me onto this field. So the guy and Kit go away at gunpoint. Yeah. So the girl's not under gunpoint. And Sissy Spacek walks with her, and she's like, you know, what did she say? She like,
1: goes, she goes, are you in love? Yeah. I was, yeah. like, freaked out by that. I'm like, this is yeah. fucking scary. I would not, like, want <laughs> someone be walked out into in the field, middle of be like, like, so like you love her? Yeah. Huh? Like, someone trying to get, like, a gauge on your personality so they could take it with them in their fucking, like, yeah. murder bag of
3: know. And then she gets she upset with it. her, because I forget what the girl says, but... You know, she's identifying with Kit at that point, and she says... What does she say? She's well, the girl, like, girl says, goes, what's
2: going to happen Right. Yeah. Oh, it just and depends on says, what Kit says.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So yeah. she's very very fucking... Weak. She's compliant. She's oh, fucking, yeah.
3: And she says, that like, Kit feels trapped. Haven't you ever felt like that? I thought she said she felt trapped.
1: No, she said... I no, she, she said, said Kit, him. She said yeah, Kit, Kit feels trapped. trapped. Haven't you ever felt
3: like that? I need to be biased. Which I kind of...
1: See, I kind of understand that, too. There's kind of that, like... Well, I mean, once again, rebel without a cause. This movie's rebel. But, but when you have somebody
0: that's <laughs>
4: that's a sociopath like Sheen's character is in this movie, they know what to look for. You know, they're they're looking for that weak girl that'll go along with what they say. They know how to hunt, just like anything else. You know, a predator is a predator, yeah, that's a good and point. they will find you know that, know that weak Greyhound personality station? that they can mold and and take over their mind. And and I think that was what
3: they did. You need here. a place to
1: sleep, yeah. huh? You need a place. You need something to eat, baby. So,
3: because catch you a trout. When he first <laughs> meets her, do you think that he's already been, like, scoping this girl out? Because no, he walks no. up to her. No, he's just no. such
1: a smooth motherfucker. He's like, I'm going to trap yeah, this
3: girl. That's also hey, baby, thing, you want to go you know, for a walk? I mean, like,
0: what Gary says,
2: I believe that that's true, right? But I don't think that it's, like, an overt, like, conscious uh, thing. It's, like, it's just how that personality type operates, you know, it's like, and people just kind of fall into it. It's well, not like he's out there scoping, you know, cause this is my master plan. Man. It's like, he has no plan at all, except to just be, you know, free basically. Free. Like yeah. I'm in love with this girl yeah. and I just wanted her and I to, you know, exist together. And it's too bad that her dad got in the way and I had to shoot him. And now the law wants us yeah. and they're never going to let us alone. And I'm just going to, you know, the dream of the whole movie is that he's going to drive up to the mountains and get a job... In a coal mine. In a coal mine. That's how this is supposed to end in his mind, his fantasy, you know? It was like, but the, the, the body count is ratcheted up so high at that point that the, the state troopers and the National Guard are all well, on their case.
1: I do like the fact that, like most movies, you fucking kill somebody, you drive around town, you do what you need to do. I like how this movie is like they kill somebody and automatically... You know, you can't go on the roads. You know, they you know, they'll probably have roadblocks or have whatever. So I like how this movie really feels like you don't just fucking kill someone and then just like leave state or something like that. It really takes some maneuvering and some like, you know whatever just to get out of this one location. I like how this movie does a good job at making you feel like you're trapped in fucking North Dakota, where you're we at. Well, like, they're out pilfering gas
4: that's leaking off a of pipeline. That was kind of yeah.
2: cool. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Do people do
1: this?" <laughs> like from,
2: they must they from, from a fucking hair, 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 hair yeah. book or some shit. Yeah, like that? yeah, like that but, was awesome. See, that's also what this kind of brings to mind. I guess it is like that kind of on the road. Yeah, I mean, because they leave the road and go off into the it's you know that's how they're trying to avoid the cops. Is they just drive into the fucking desert? They and just follow these power lines. Yep. A lot of time, you know, just off the beaten path, like out in the the wilderness, you know, and it kind of does bring to mind like, you know, these, you know, the the on the road with Kerouac, you know, just kind of like bumping into different people. Of course, they killed them, but, you know, you know, or, you know, it's kind of like it has this really heavy atmosphere, which I guess, you know, beyond the character of the, you know, of the, the protagonists. Just the movie itself has this really thick atmosphere of, like, Americana, you know? I mean, it has, like, this kind of, uh, and I guess the only thing, it's it feels like a and you know, uh, v- vision of what, like, America is. It's, like, here on the open road, the guy looks like a cowboy. He's always dressed in, you know, this uh, blue denim at one point, he says he's going to be a cowboy. It was that was his next yeah, job. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty like, good. Yeah, yeah, he, worked, yeah, like, he worked at
4: the
3: feedlot or whatever. Yeah, he call started it. doing that. Yeah, but by like, kind of matching
2: on. up like that iconography with that idea in your head that like this is you know cowboy. He looks like a cowboy. He's wearing cowboy boots all the time. Like, it's like that's the thing that you know that his is his identifying, like not trademark, but you know like sig- visual signatures. These crazy these ridiculous cowboys. cowboy like, boots. Yeah, you know they're white. And so then I'm like, you know, it's like you've got – so you've got that with the cowboy and then you've got like the American outlaw, you know, the outlaw. And it's like together somehow that like puts together, at least in my mind, this like, you know – see, I don't even want to say it's like 50s America. But it really does seem like it's going after this like, you know, really atmospheric – not American Dream. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm greaser, really, I, can't, uh, I
4: can't lock it down. Well, like she said, the wrong. it's that kid from the wrong side of the tracks, and I think that's when that became popular. That terminology, anyway, was in the 50s. You had the greasers and the soldiers yeah. again. Well, Outsiders, that's, you know, kind and that's, of that feel.
2: Well, I'm, Outsiders also has this feeling that I guess I'm, I'm saying that this movie captures. It's like a specific period of time. and like It's a more innocent
4: a, time, but even then it could be corrupted. Maybe it, that's it. this. Maybe it's and like a,
2: it's a quintessential like, you know, it's this America that I'm not even sure existed, but existed in our collective we've been told consciousness. It, yeah.
3: Well, that's what it is because uh, she's reading the uh, celebrity tabloid or whatever with uh, rumored and truth about all the celebrities, which is kind of the idea of this film. Like he's the James Dean character. He's he's taken on this persona of something that Hollywood or show business has, you know fed out there or, you know, given out there for us to feed off of in the 50s. And it's
2: – See, I don't know if I, I – I see what you're saying and I agree that the elements of that are there. You know, but it, it doesn't seem like he sees himself that way. It's more like that's how – He's you portrayed – the the because it's the cop who says you know who that guy looks like I don't know looks like when, James Dean I was afraid but he when was he he's like weather.
1: hey you want my lighter you want I think he totally digs he the he, oh, he knows the yeah. well, attention uh, an American criminal is gonna get and like. He's trying to get off. Like, hell, he was actually offended when the cop, like, threw his hat out the wind. You know? Yeah. He yeah. thought he could sit there and josh around with these guys. Like, oh, sorry about that. You know, we yeah, had ourselves like, a little
2: hoo-ha, you know? guys were total heroes back there. And don't think I won't tell them. Yeah. It when we get back to town. He's like, you know what? I did my thing. And that's it. I'm busted. You guys are doing your jobs. And you're doing it the best that yeah. you can. And I appreciate the treatment. So then that's actually what we need to talk about is in the movie where I think that it was like, what in the hell happened? (laughs) When the cops actually bust him, they take him back to, like, in the National Guard. It's a hangar. airplane hangar. And all of these cops are hanging around, like, interviewing. And it's like he's a celebrity, you know? Because everybody's like, hey, what'd you do with this, uh, you know, kit? And blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, I got this lighter. You want this lighter? I'll take the lighter. And he throws the lighter. and Like, you want this comb? And he's, like, just kind of casually talking. He's shaking their hands as he's heading out. And the one guy is like, I wish you be- best of luck, Kit. I really mean that. This, <laughs> yeah. like State I know Jumper you do. Busted man. him. Yeah, that was the
4: thing. That was the most understanding police force I've ever seen. And the National Guard sitting around, they're all having
3: yucks about Kit.
1: Well, because the, they know, know he's going to go control. to the electric chair. You know, they're crying. Yeah. Right. Well, no, yeah. Why even like kick that, him?
3: And the one sheriff when they arrest him, they're like, "Man, look, he's as tall as I am. Like that, he's been he made wasn't yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah, they make him out to be this, you know, huge iconic criminal, like and, they
4: did in well. You, you can't, know, can't be with, William Wallace. William Wallace is 16 to 11. <laughs> yeah, inches, <laughs> you know? exactly. It's, yeah, same yeah. thing. It's a hero, <laughs> an
2: iconic image, I
3: guess. Now it's time to actually catch a mm-hmm. head killer. He's, he's become a celebrity.
2: Let's see, I In guess something. that's my point. I, I think that he. I don't necessarily think that... It doesn't feel like he goes to the movies or is really aware of pop culture. No. You know, like, heavily, you know, heavily influenced by it. It's He knows it's out there, but, like, he's living in the fucking woods and just doing this to get by. And through... And because the movie spends so much time in their perspective, all of this stuff that we assume... I think, like, a lot of this happens in our or the viewers' heads. We realize through what she's saying that, like, holy shit, there's, like... Uh, a huge manhunt going on for these people. They're probably like in all the newspapers. You know, they're talking about how you know sidewalks were rolled up and kids were taken to school under with, armed
4: know. guard. And yeah,
2: and so we don't actually meet the people who are like you know the crazy you know like uh, celebrity sycophants who are like oh Kit you know whatever. But we realize that they must be out there, that this has become, like, he's become a media celebrity, and it's only when he gets caught and he's in the hangar with all these troops that you're like, and they're treating him the way they are, it's because they've been fed this, you know, the media has given them this inflated idea of what the guy is like. And now he's like, and you're like James Dean, so they're assigning that to him more than he's exploiting it. But I think he
1: likes it, and he he continues, because, I mean, you know, they don't... uh, What, they say it two times in the movie, you look like James Dean. The first time's at the beginning, or near the beginning. Yeah, it was two times. That's why (laughs) I knew like this fucking character... I think Sissy SpaceX. Well she narrated it. it. Yeah. But I mean, but, but I think someone said like like it James to Lee. his yeah, face though. right. He said he has someone say it to his face two times yeah. in the movie. And he always like gets that smile. smile. It's like the only time yeah. he smiles in the fucking movie. So when someone tells him he looks like James Lee. I mean, I think even though the movie doesn't show it, I do think Brent's right. I think this character is a type of character that I'm not saying he watches movies. I'm just saying that Okay, imagine you are this character. It's Mm 1950-fucking-9. What are the TV shows he would watch? It's all the Western shows. It's all the... And, like, I I mean, that's what I've always liked about these type of criminal movies is because we're talking about a time when... I mean, shit, I mean, you had a good chance at getting away with murder before the forties, you know, even with a car, just get away. You know, there's no helicopter. There's no fucking fingerprints. There's no, you know, yeah. So it was still that outlaw West thing that mm-hmm. you can fucking do what you want. And, oh, there might be some guys trying to catch you, but you know, ah, you know, stay one step ahead of them. Head to Canada or Mexico. But these are the times where it's like that shit was getting more, you know, it was harder to do. It was harder just to get away with something. And, you know, so it's all about.
2: But do you think, like, again, maybe because I've made the connection now and I can't, I get it out of my mind, where I see, like, Natural Born Killers was, like, a reaction to this movie. That's what it feels like because – well, because the whole this the is this like
1: thirty of, years later? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, you just I mean be Quentin Tarantino wanted yeah, to
2: like did well, it took this, this movie? Yeah, but and,
1: like, this is, obsessed it to obsessed with. But I think this guy took <laughs> Rebel Without a Cause and obsessed.
2: You know what I'm saying? But the the well, I'm talking about like the media fascination with the, uh, the oh. killers. Like the way that, but that's the Dillinger. Robert that's what we do in real life. Yeah. Well, even well, Mickey and Mallory are hyper aware that they are celebrities. Celebrity like the whole time, and that's why I say I think that this feels different. Like he is, like he doesn't seem like a terribly pop culture savvy character. Kit in this, whereas Mickey and Mallory seem very savvy of like we watch TV all the time. We want to be those characters on TV, and this is who we're acting out by being. I Man, he, I mean, he,
1: he smiles. You say James Dean, yeah, but that's this just because car- he's don't, like, don't make excuses don't know, why you want to not believe it. <laughs> I'm saying
2: he smiles. I, he didn't seem like he was a product of uh, you know like well, watching TV 24 seven. Well, but that's just like because we because.
1: I doubt, like, in today's movie-making world, it is a novelty that, hey, we sit around and watch movies, we're gonna get characters that sit around and watch movies. I'm sure movies that were made in the 70s, you weren't necessarily getting that sort of, like... Look in on, on our own uh, culture or whatever. You know, they didn't necessarily.
2: So I mean, I mean, you don't think that they see. I wonder if that's what this was, but for its period of time, yeah, it because maybe, it's like
1: because I don't I mean, I can't necessarily recall any movie from the sixty. This is 73. Yeah. I can't really recall any movies from that time that look at movie watching right. as a culture, yeah, you know, because yeah. they're yeah. in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, almost they are making can't, the movies, yeah. At they that can't point. necessarily. I mean, yeah, they could be reflective <laughs> about some twenty. Well, because I like how he did music. Oh, Nat King Cole, he did, you right. know, yeah, right? yeah, big yeah, music yeah, greaser yeah. guy or whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I like he had to pull over to dance to Nat King Cole, like, oh shit, no, don't touch it with. Her. So that was yeah. a
2: nice
3: romantic moment. Oh, oh not well, in her like,
1: face. Well, Look at her face. She's like that. I want to get out of here. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what I liked true. about that scene. Is, is it
3: romantic or is it awkward? Because I, I couldn't figure it, was it out. It's called it, a
1: hostage situation. It, it felt at that very point.
3: stiff. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like. And I don't know if sometimes if it's just Sissy SpaceX acting or not, but it, there was an awkwardness on her face. Well,
1: what sure. did they say right before? Because um, it was important what they said right before he heard what was on the radio because then when they're outside dancing, he's like, he's she like, was, if I could tell you how I felt or something like that. She was telling him
3: that he's not going like, to be able to get, get, a, get a job.
1: A license, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like giving him the harsh reality of like, right. our little fucking, it's a,
0: our, it's little plan. Yeah.
1: Yeah, our little plan is not necessarily, you know, we don't necessarily yeah. have an out of this, you know. You can't just go get a job of something you're not qualified to do. He's like, well, I've yeah. yeah. got boots on, I can <laughs> wear jackets. I can
4: shoot. I can, yeah, I can she, shoot. Cause that's always popular in a coal mine. That's yeah. what you, <laughs> do you shoot Where there's gases around. Well, no, you but gotta whatever. shoot
1: the other people so they're free up the job. Exactly. You, like, <laughs> you
4: gotta You wanna move up. Let's I heard there's up. an
1: opening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like,
4: with, with Kit, for me, I got a more, I guess, simplistic view of him. Is this is a kid who's had no power his whole life? He's been nothing. I mean, he didn't even... Where did he live? I mean, he was just on a garbage he's not truck. from South Dakota. Yeah, didn't lot, he didn't seem like he was a native there. It didn't show anything that he ever had anything in his life, had no power. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a gun. He's got some power, and now he's got a little bit of celebrity going, and I think now he's finally, for the first time in his life, being noticed by anybody. Yeah, you know, and I think that kind of you know shines through in his character to me,
1: anyway. Well, but he definitely, but he definitely had something in his mind the whole time. That's why I won't look past the idea that he wanted to be something because right from the get-go, he's like, "We're gonna have passwords that change every day. We're gonna," I mean, he had it all down. You know, I I
3: think. Uh, uh right in the beginning of the film, they I think when they go for their first walk, he sees a piece of trash in the ground on the sidewalk. Yeah. He's like, If everybody did that, the whole place would be filled with garbage. I think that's an idea of the film. I mean, he is that whoever littered that piece of trash, like he knows not everyone's gonna do this. You know, so if he's he if he's the trash, if he chooses <laughs> if he chooses the life of crime, you know, takes this girl with him. And he, he can beat all them because not everyone's doing this. He's, you know, he's treating these people. He's like, it's America's his playground, you know, mm-hmm. as he goes from like. From what did I say, woods. <laughs> <to> <laughs> you're
1: climbing the social. Uh, <laughs> from the first time he crawled stair. out of the
3: primordial ooze yes. in the castle.
1: The but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was to oil the oil. Tower or whatever oh my oil god! Tower. It all connects to the oil. It's the oil. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they get shut down. Yeah. Can't <laughs> yeah. get past the oil barons. Ugh. Son of a bitch. I love it when she's going to turn herself in. I thought that was awesome. I like how she just sits down. She's like, nope, I'm not going.
2: He's like, what? I just can't understand people like you. I'm Amelia us now. And that's why I thought he was going to
4: break his pro- uh, his thing to the dad. His promise to yeah. her dad was, you know, well, she wanted to go. I just let her go. I, and I thought he was going to flip. Yeah, I thought and, he was going to get, get a little uh, there. Yeah. possessive.
1: But, yeah, But it was cool. I was just like, if you want a second chance. I like that. That was yeah, awesome. Meet that's a, so so cool, so, that's yeah. a cool fucking like... Like 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 edgy uh, rebel thing. Yeah, like, yeah. that without, is cool. Can't thing. argue yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. But if you change your mind, meet me here.
3: Yeah, yeah. meet me at this date. What was that? New Year's <laughs> On, Eve at a bridge or something? So like, 1964 or something.
2: that's why I get that's the I awesome. get the impression that he really did love her. It wasn't like you know because <laughs> I guess you know if you think <laughs> of it, he's gonna go like, well, well maybe you're not coming with her. me. Her. Bam. Yeah, uh, you I've killed everything else that got in my way. Maybe he loved her, I didn't get the impression that she loves him. I don't know if she loved him, but I think she had great affection for Affinity. him I mean, you know there, she because was, i think that comes across in the way that she talks about him in the, uh, the the voiceover
1: i just think it comes from the whole like it's just the whole like student teacher relationship you know he's 10 years older he's got the gun the power you know she's in love with that not mm. necessarily him the man him the authority figure him the the protector you know well And
4: a 15 year old girl is always in love with the idea of being in love. So there's that (laughs) factored in as well. Yeah, well, yeah, because that is
1: definitely uh, coming into this. That's for sure. Well, I guess I will start the the wrap ups of this evening. Uh, My wrap up of The Badlands. Uh, I like this movie. Uh, like, there's not a lot of movies I could compare this to, except for, like... I, I would compare this to, like, Dog Day Afternoon. Just that kind of, like, you're in this real crime situation. It's not, like, crazy action. It's not even, like, crazy suspense. But you got those moments where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, this is... This is, you know, the part that, that you know, they're gonna get home or... You know, I, I've always liked 70s... I, I keep on wanting to say true crime, just because it feels like true crime to me. It's not necessarily detective noir, nothing like that, but just... Right just the idea of just like people in the midwest especially you know it's not new york chicago you know you're just somewhere in america you know fucking breaking laws and you know and uh I i like the music in this i mean this is the type of movie that i mean it will lull you to sleep if you don't watch it under the right like circumstances if you're like even like i'm gonna drink some wine to this movie or you know i mean this movie can make you go to sleep just because yeah you're just watching it listening
3: to it i think that's true with all of terrence malick's films
1: yeah (laughs) that's true with godzilla movies you just (laughs) there's certain movies there's certain movies that are like this is awesome but if it catches you at that right like time it's just like this is a perfect recipe for sleep but uh I, i you know i i I don't even know if, how many movies I've seen with Martin Sheen in it, but I liked him in this. I thought he was pretty cool. Was this his first movie? Anybody know? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't maybe? think it
2: said anything about
1: introducing yeah. him. Because
2: this is S- Sissy Spacek before Carrie. Yeah. One made her like, super famous. Right.
1: But, uh, I mean, so...
2: Oh, is there anything
1: else I really want to say about it? I think we really like talked a lot about it. Uh, <laughs> I mean... I, it could have been, I don't know, maybe a tad shorter, just because there is a lot of just looking at nature, which I guess you're supposed to be thinking about stuff or whatever. Maybe I'm just not that deep. It's only 94 maybe minutes. Maybe I didn't smoke enough weed. <laughs> Was it only 94 minutes. It's only 94. I mean, that's how like little things happen in this movie. Like, uh, not a lot happens in this movie. It I is, liked it, slow. it but slow. I think the music helps that. The music helps that a lot. The music gets you through all that shit, and it's not boring. This movie doesn't feel boring. It's, yeah, there's nothing happening, but I don't think it feels boring. Uh, uh, Sissy Spacek is a delight, as always. Um, and I recommend this movie. It's the end of my wrap-up. That's one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Gary Gary took a bunch of notes during the film. so. Well, I, I did enjoy the
4: movie. It did transport me back to that time. I did feel like I was back in that era. Uh, Martin Sheen... I love him as an actor. There were a couple of things, but they were minor things. Uh, You and I discussed during the film, the animals were a little off because the llamas (laughs) aren't really known for wandering through South Dakota. But it could have been on a farm. I'll even give it that. Just a few little things like that. But other than that, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, I thought I would be more taken out of it by uh, uh, her father's character. Because all I'm seeing is uh, the Warren ser- Oats, Yeah, I'm, all I'm seeing is the Sergeant from Stripes. Every time, I just, I'm, that's who I'm hearing when I'm listening to it. Yeah, the I big make that connection till, Sergeant Hulka. I saw yeah. the
2: guy from Dixie Dynamite, but that's. The- right.
4: <laughs> but there, there were a couple of times, and again, not Sheen's performance. I, I, you know, I love him as an actor. My favorite portrayal of his is uh, General Lee in Gettysburg. That's oh, is my favorite mm, performance mm. of his. Wow. Uh, I also loved him in The Departed. But but uh, there were a couple and times... Apocalypse again, Now. We, we Yes, okay. Apocalypse Now was a fantastic movie. You're a the, cult uh, leader for that movie. Uh, the, uh, the only thing is, seeing him that young... Because, I mean, even in Apocalypse Now, he's a little older than what he was here. Mm. But seeing him that young, exactly. It's like you take Charlie and Emilio and smash their faces together, yes. and there's Dad. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was saying. He raises his
1: voice. He's yeah. Emilio. Exactly. It's so well, funny. When,
4: and he pulls, like I said during the movie, when he pulled off that, how'd that be? Well, that's that's listening to Billy the Kid from Young Guns. You know, yeah. you, you can hear it. Yeah. But, but a fantastic movie. I enjoyed Sissy Spacek's performance. She definitely brought up across that uh, portrayal of a, a young, innocent girl that got caught up in something that she thought was going to be something completely else, this romance that turned violent, and then she just got drugged along. And I think, you know, her family dynamic with her and her father played into that. Uh, Sheen definitely gives it that that uh, charming portrayal, just like most You know, guys like Bundy. Bundy was very charming. You know, the lawyers loved him. I mean, he was a charming guy. Even some of the witnesses, how charming he Mm -hmm. was. The judge said, you know, and that's how these characters are. And again, like I said, they know what to look for. And he found the perfect partner in Sissy Spacek. I just don't think she was as committed to it. And he did say at one point, I I always wanted to be a criminal, just not this big a one. So you know, but yeah. still, it was it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. I I honestly, when I first heard about it, I looked at the, I was kind of looking up a few things about it. I'm like, ah, but it really won me over. I would I would recommend the movie, but I, it is it is a, a period piece, so understand that and just enjoy it. It's a great movie. I did like it. So thanks for the experience.
3: Cool, two for two. Thank you for coming back.
4: Oh no problem. Anytime.
2: Well. I mean, this is, uh, we were outside right before, you we know, had a little smoke break after the movie before coming in that's here. That's not and, uh, <laughs> and Travis was talking about how this was, a, you know, it felt like an art house movie. And I was reflecting on the fact that, like, back in 1973 when this came out, this wasn't art house. This was, like, mainstream, like, you know, you had a theater in your town.
1: No, but I'm and- saying what exactly, that's what I'm saying, you're confusing my, wor- my use of the word arthouse, I use Art House when I just mean artsy fartsy. When I mean, like, because, like I said, what movies from the early 70s have those, like, close up still images of, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, it just don't, like I mean, I mean, Kube, but who? I mean, that's what I'm you know, saying. Like, who? I, mean, uh, I don't see that a lot. So Travis is saying
4: he's not seeing a movie, he's seeing a film, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. But and I guess, I, I mean, that's why I just there. don't
1: think it was so, like, all the filmmakers were doing. I don't, or wow. else he wouldn't be so special, right? Okay, so, I mean, <laughs> well, let me,
2: let me, let me change that. then. I guess maybe what it, what it was, I guess that maybe what I took out, you know, from like art house was that this is a movie that takes its time kind of unrolling, unraveling a story. It's a movie that's about uh, characters more than plot. And so it kind of, it is about, you know, like the iconography, iconography of like what they, you know, they look like and represent, And then, you know, it's beautiful vistas and, you know, everything's like carefully composed and stuff like that. I mean, but at the same time, it does kind of feel like you're catching the performances on the fly. I mean, on the back of the box, it says like these idiosyncratic performances by these people, which is kind of like the reason that that cop shot that gun, you know, as he's walking. But it was just like they would do weird things that feel make them feel human, where it does kind of feel like you're just catching people as they are. That scene where he's fishing, you know, I'm like. How many times, how many, how long did they have to sit there with cameras, with the film burning to try and get him to actually catch a fish? You know, it's like, so it's that slice of life kind of thing. <clears throat> I just saw a movie called uh, Sorcerer, William Friedkin from 75, 67, something like that. But I guess what it goes back to is like what, 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 what feels like what now, if somebody made a movie like that today, it would play in an art house movie theater. Yeah, it's not coming to your multiplex because it can't push out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and everything else is playing there. This would go to an art house theater in 1973. This was your mainstream. You know, this was what movies were doing. And what I I like to say is, uh, I know I've twisted what you meant, but I, this is I, I guess just the the thing that I like about 70s film. Is it feels like like the '70s were? I know they say like maybe like the golden age of Hollywood was like when films were you know like the '30s and the '40s and you know the talkies and like we'd actually figured out how to do stuff like uh, like Cat in a Hot Tin Roof or you know so on the waterfront or something Maltes like that.
4: Falcon, all those. Yeah.
2: But to me, like movies actually became movies. Like I'm sorry, those the older films were doing things with drama. But carried over, but I still think now looking back on it, those were still stepping stones. And I'm not trying to, God knows, I'm not trying to diminish anything that was done prior bad. to 1970. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's people out there who love, you know, and for, for I, I love them too, but I'm just saying that. You know, we stepped into the color era in in Woo-hoo! the 1970s where, like, most movies were made in color. I mean, in the 60s, it was still, like, it was hit or miss. You know, I mean, it was like, this movie's in color. Yeah, I mean, they had still had to advertise, you know, in color, <laughs> you know, in Why case you looks. didn't know. Uh, but... The the way that cinema had evolved, is like the 70s were like the perfect storm. People were doing stuff that wasn't all just these kind of stagey Hollywood, what Hollywood had been doing, productions, and started doing stuff. I mean, like, this is where you get, like, your Easy Rider. It's where you get your Godfather. It's where you get, you know, like, Rocky. I mean, like, all of these but stuff. I
1: want to say there was a lot of trash because of how experimental filmmakers were back then, though. I mean, that's why I have, like, I don't know, shit like... The, wow. the Billy Jack movie, like those are okay oh. movies. Oh, they're okay <laughs> movies, but man, so they're they're just a little like they're they're practicing what they can do with uh, with. Uh,
3: yeah, well, it's, well, it's definitely uh, got the counterculture the bleed. In with the in it, camera, sure. with the timeline.
1: Yeah, well, what you would call the timeline of a story. damn it! Oh, okay, the uh, the story the structure, or, yeah, something or, like or something like that, like how. Because, I mean, if you watch Billy Jack, they stop the movie and they literally show these hippies teach a fucking class on, like, oh, use your yeah. imagination. And like, who thought this was a good idea to put this in the middle of a movie? Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> But that's what I like about it. I mean, this still feels like this is experimental, you know, to a, to a point, even probably at the time. I mean, but that's where you had guys like, you know. It felt like, you know, it It really was the filmmaker's medium and not like, you know, you're Michael yeah. Bay and you can blow shit up better than anybody else. It was like, you're doing stuff here that I think means more to the viewing, you know, the the viewer. You're trying to create some kind of, you know,
1: I, think I guess this goes back to, to a part- good story,
2: you know. Yeah, but I mean, in telling a good story, you're trying to basically get some kind of emotional response or some kind of, yeah. You try to involve the audience in, in, in the plight of the people in the movie more than, like, now where it's like, you know, you just kind of go by rote, kind of. It's like, this person is this type, and this is what's happening to him and they got that kid, the guy in Godzilla has to carry the kid in because that's how we have to know. Because the movie's not Stake concerned the hide, about right. the people at all. It's concerned about the special effects of, you know, the giant lizards no. stomping the... Well, yeah, they they, they definitely
4: brought that through, and that, that was with... Uh, You did feel... Like I said, you felt the romance heat up, peak... And then start to die out. But you could feel for the characters. You felt like Sissy Spacek knew she was in over her head. Mm-hmm. He knew that this was going to end badly for him. And you just yeah. you you just had to go along for the ride and see where it ended. So I, that's what I liked about it.
2: But, yeah, I yeah. like this type of storytelling. I like it even when people do it nowadays. And unfortunately, like I said, it's relegated to, you know, the art house. And eventually you see it come around, you know, like months after the fact. But... Yeah, I mean, the performances I think feel very naturalistic. I mean, Martin Sheen was a movie star. You know, I mean, when you're watching it, it's like, that guy's got it. He's got the thing, you know, (laughs) he's got that movie star thing. He's got
3: the X Factor. Yeah. And uh, I
2: think it's probably, now having seen it, I want to say it's probably my favorite Terrence Malick film, you know, maybe because you know, as I was talking about before, he developed this style that I'm not entirely comfortable with, you know, the uh, the Thin Red Line. I like the new world, but I mean, it still feels like it's wandering, and that's, I think, his thing now, is they wander. This one felt more like, at least, even though it was wandering, it still, compared to his other controlled. stuff, feels more on point, Yeah. you know? So I think, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie. I think it's, uh... <clears throat> I was going to say, like, it's a classic. No, you have to see it. Like, well, you know. I'd I say
1: would, it's a 70s classic. I mean, I'm a little lukewarm to a lot of 70s stuff. You know, if it's not just, like, hardcore gore, hard, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'd yeah. say it's a really good movie.
2: Yeah, it, that's maybe the best thing that you can say, but it is a really good movie. I can't really find a fault in it. The only people are going to find faults in it, I think, are people who say that it's slow. And for that, you know, I have sympathy. It's like, I think it's absorbing, you know, Yeah. And, but that's me. So
1: you just got to be in the right mindset, man. <laughs> oh,
3: man. All right. I just want to point out that this is the second week in a row that I'm getting or second t- turn in a row that everybody liked Brent's film. That's me. Um, so that's, that's cool. Um, I, yeah, I, I love this movie. I'm going to make this short and sweet cause I kind of got to pee, but uh, <laughs> looking at this film, um, again, like this is the second time i 've seen it within a week but it 's it 's interesting to see a director from the seventies doing a period piece. You know they always say like it takes like ten ten years to or i don 't know if they say this but
2: <laughs> I- <laughs>
1: i say i
3: you say
2: i know as i've always said i've never
1: worked you know, in say, hollywood but what i say
3: it, it takes like what like a decade to recognize what the decade before it was all about right i mean that would be fair to say i think so looking at a director from 73 looking at you know a story set in 1959 it's interesting the comments that he can make on that time period you know where maybe, I don't know how old Terrence Malick was when he made this, but maybe he was growing up in the fifties and he is seeing this whole Americana now with the perspective of 13, what is it? 14 years. Um, and having this chance to take, you know, it's, it's such a great idea. And I, I, again, I think, well, again, I think it's, I think it's like, okay, I'm going to equate it to or compare it to no country for old men how you have modern day, you know, relatively modern day directors telling a story that takes place in the eighties. It's another, you know, crime spree on the road, kind of mm-hmm. drama. And just kind of looking back at what, you know, that I think that films an Americana for, uh, you know, like for the eighties where this is for fifties. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I lost it. Uh, how
2: directed? Ten years it takes ten years to figure out what's going on in the in that era. Yeah.
3: Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, like, Malik takes this this Bonnie and Clyde type story, and he's able to to without any exposition and very little plot. He's able to comment on s- so much. You know, like you're definitely you feel because it's written, produced, and directed by. Terrence Malick and you get the feeling that this is one man trying to talk to you but it's almost in code like you have to figure it out like I think I need to watch this more and more and each time I'll discover more. And just talking with you guys, I think that I'm learning more about the film, you know, and like the ideas behind it. Um,
1: <laughs> I like Brett because he wants movies to be I, like these in depth, like I, you know, I, like you want to like Is this a puzzle for me? Like,
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I, but I, that that's part of the joy of movies, mm, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think I think it is. And I think like it always surprises me because I'm not one that picks up on it the first viewing. It might take like five viewings till so I'm like, "Oh, wait a second, but they meant that." You know, like I'll I'll figure it out eventually, but I'm not the quickest quickest guy in that uh picking up on what the director is trying to say, you know, like between the lines or the the uh underlying themes of the film. But this one, I think is pretty blatant out there and i it still fascinates me that they're able to do it because like the deer hunter there's very little exposition in this film like you're just watching these characters you do have a narration in this, also a 70s movie also a 70s movie um the narration i think helps you along with that and like travis was saying the music helps you along with that but you can see that this is the start of a This guy's going to be something. It's strange that we didn't see him for the next 20 years. He's
2: busy writing Dirty Harry. (laughs)
3: That's
2: right. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That was was also like 73. Mm -hmm.
1: That's what I'm talking about. That's why I don't think he's some deep artist. He just likes fucking American action. Yeah. He just wants guns blazing and. Well, it's just a different time. He just made that movie a little artsy.
3: I mean, it's too much of a coincidence, you know, because like watching this film, you can see that style is already being born in this film. The style that you see in Thin Red Line, you see it in A New World, you see it in Tree of Life. I feel like we're missing one. It does feel like there's is one. There, is there one more?
2: <clears throat> but, I think it's something that we didn't see. <laughs> That's probably uh-huh. it. With Ben Affleck in it.
3: Yeah, uh, I think he has Ben Affleck. I'll look it up. I'll have it for you in a second. Okay. The, uh, and the characters are, like, going back to the whole James Dean thing, I believe that Martin Sheen's character, that Kit, I think that he is aware of James Dean. I think that James Dean is, like, maybe the only celebrity that he can identify with. But I think, like, he was James Dean before James Dean. When did James Dean die? I feel like I'm saying No, James it wasn't James
1: Dean before James Dean because people were
3: telling him he's James
1: Dean. Well, right. but He I has mean, to be James, James Dean. I don't know when the fuck James But
3: Dean I mean, when James Dean... I think before 59, I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking like when he discovered James Dean, you know, like watching TV, like he's like, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's well, me. would
2: have been that's, James... The Rebel Without a Cause is like... 50, it could have been 58, 54. It either 54 or 58, I want to say. It's one of I don't
1: think it was 58. That seems a little late. Too late?
2: Yeah. So he's dead by then? Giant and
3: whatever he, the other one he yeah, did? he was only
1: in, what, three movies? Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, because it, it was his death that made him, like, so famous, right?
1: Well, I mean, he was a young... young wow.
3: Okay. To the Wonder is 2012? Yeah, I'm to like, I think it has to Bad
2: Affleck in it, but I totally missed it. Yeah. But he went from Badlands, 73, Days of Heaven, 78, Thin Red Line, 1998, yeah. 20 fucking years 20 years
1: had nothing to say <laughs> Yeah, Man. and now he's like nobody making movies like all the time all
4: kinds of things say nobody wants to listen so
3: <laughs> yeah well yeah I said I was going to make this short um I yeah I, I recommend it check out Badlands um especially if you're a fan of the other Terrence Malick flicks that are out there the few um this one is probably yeah, I might say it's my favorite And I got lucky because I was watching it on a hunch. But go out there, watch it. You can get the uh, Criterion collection from Amazon. Don't (laughs)
1: don't fucking plug Amazon. They're not paying us. I do not fucking well. Well,
3: well, We got to get a link. (laughs) But yeah, go out there, watch it, love it. All right, so that's Badlands on
2: the Saturday Night Freak Show, a four for four, so that's a good batting average. Uh, next week, I guess, then it's my movie. Mm. It's not going to be next week. Whatever, Next episode is that's my movie, nervous. and we are going to watch Art House Meets the Grindhouse with Daughters of Darkness, 1971. Oh, lesbian vampire movie. Lesbian vampires. wrong. There you go. So that's next Saturday Night Freak Show, and until then... The basement is closed. Let's all go to the
1: bathroom. See, the reason I'm saying that's not like other...